name's Andy Cope and welcome to the most uplifting podcast in the world. As a positive psychology researcher, I'm excited, delighted and honoured to be sitting in the podcast hot seat. The aim is to bring you guests who have something interesting or insightful or inspirational. They might have a story to tell, something clever, something simple, anything goes. We hope to inspire, educate, entertain and on a good day, maybe even make you chuckle. Why should you listen? Well, we figure life is relentless. It's full on. And most people are a million miles away from feeling as great as they could. So think of this podcast as a reminder or maybe a leg up to being a better version of you. Sometimes against the odds. So relax, open your ears, open your mind and allow me to bring you this week's amazing episode of the best podcast in the world. On with the show. Welcome podcast listener, um, whew, crikey, what are we, week 12 of lockdown, this is currently being recorded, <laughs> how's lockdown treating you people, yeah, same here, uh, we are very, very much open for business by the way, in case you're wondering, are to being brilled, the best training in the world has now gone bite size, I'm just going to read you out our uh, list of subjects, all available online, either as live or pre-records, so the art of being brilliant, the classic art of being brilliant is now available online. Um, otherwise, we have another nine subjects. Your happiness survival plan, business as unusual, mental wealth. And that's a cracker. That's our bestseller, by the way. Happy families. So lots of people cooped up. So investing in something for your staff and their families. How to be the best parent, grandparent in the world. Lockdown doesn't have to mean meltdown. Another bestseller. <laughs> How to stay sane in the world that's knocking the heebie-jeebies out of you be more dog love that one personal favorite of mine be more dog there's a lot of mindfulness and uh, being in the moment in that one the why factor once again one of our classic uh, sort of keynotes brought to you now online eat move and sleep about your physical health and we've got leadership the multiplier effect so that's 10 titles that are available in bite-sized chunks i would also like to draw your attention to our brilliant schools program which i'm very proud of it's a jewel in the crown really um, so we've currently got 10 freebie well-being lessons uh, we're hashtagging um, well-being Wednesday so if you've got on YouTube you'll find those but the whole other thing we've got 54 school videos aimed at primary kids aimed at secondary kids aimed at teachers and aimed at parents that are sitting on our brilliant schools website so if you're an organization maybe you want to think of sponsoring some of your local schools so they can put happiness and well-being on their curriculum and the third little kind of local note before we kick off with this week's guest is I have got a new book coming out. All right. What? Another one? Another one? Under? Yes, another one. But it's uh, particularly awesome because I've teamed up with two of the Art of Being Brilliant trainers. So Pooley, um, who is our American office, <laughs> he knows a lot of stuff, and Sanj. Sanj is young, he's dynamic, and I'm about to introduce him to you on this month's podcast enjoy right i thought by a way of introduction of today's uh, podcast guest i'd tell a story it's a story that i read lots and lots and lots of years ago and i'm going to obviously it's off the top of my head i can't remember where i even read it so are you sitting uncomfortably because here's a story it's a story about a little boy called logan who's six years old but actually it starts with his uncle john so uncle john He's not got any children of his own, but he's got a sister and she's got a six-year-old called Logan, who he loves, and she's just had a new little girl. So what Uncle John decides to do is offer to take Logan away for a week so that they can get the new kid bedded in. So Uncle John, cabin in the woods, fishing, camping, canoeing, campfire, just him and six-year-old Logan. So <laughs> you get the picture. 
the little boy is really excited when Uncle John comes to pick him up. Um, and obviously, Uncle John loves his nephew as well. So they're in the car. They're chatting all the way. He's all hyped up. A week in the woods, a week in the cabin. He's like, oh, my gosh, Uncle, this is so exciting. And um, so already, by the time they get to the cabin, Uncle John's a bit exhausted by the full-onness of Logan, all right? So they get there, they unpack, it's all rustic, and he gets in his bed, and he's excited, and Uncle John makes the supper, and both blokes, they fall into bed, knackered, first night. 5am, Uncle John's woken by somebody shaking his arm. Uncle John, Uncle John, he says, wake up, wake up, it's five o'clock. He says, I can hear the birds. He says, what are we doing today, Uncle? What are we doing today? And Uncle's like, oh my gosh, hang on. He looks at his watch, it's five o'clock, it's five o'clock. I know, Uncle John, I know, I'm so excited. What are we going to do today? So, to cut a long story short, day one, they go fishing on the lake. Absolutely brilliant day. Little Logan chatting all day, non-stop, inquisitive, curious, asking questions, exhausted. They cook the fish at supper, bedtime again, both of them out cold. Right? What a cracking first day. Day two, 5am, Uncle John's woken again. This time he's a bit irritated. Logan's pulling on his arm. It's five o'clock. He's like, Uncle John, Uncle John, it's morning. What are we going to do today? And the uncle is a bit, he's like, oh my gosh. He says, do you know, it's five o'clock. It's five o'clock. He says, give me another hour. Wake me up at six. For heaven's sake, wake me up at six. Give me a break. The little boy says, okay, okay, smiles. at his Uncle John. Uncle closes his eyes, tries to get back to sleep. But he's very aware that his, his little nephew hasn't gone anywhere. <laughs> so he opens his eyes again and the little lad's just standing there, just watching him. He's prepared to stand there watching him for an hour until six o'clock. So groggily, Uncle John gets out of bed, shakes himself awake, and they go walking. He thinks, what I'm going to do today is going to go walking all day to wear him out so that I can get a good night's sleep. They go walking all day. Just hang in there, listener. I'm going somewhere with this. Hang in there. And I think Sandra already knows where I'm going. Suffice to say, days three, four, and five are exactly the same. Logan waking his uncle up excited every day. It's like he's like a shadow. He's following his uncle around. He's chatting. He's curious. He's thrilled about absolutely everything. Two days left of the holiday. Uncle John, quite frankly, is absolutely exhausted. He's decided he wants some quiet time, some peace and quiet on his own. Just an hour, just one hour without Logan. So he decides what he's going to do is going to make it a massive day. So he's going to wear the lad out, right? Six-year-old boy gets completely worn out. So what, they're gonna do, what he does is he goes up a mountain and he goes on a, on a forest trek and they go canoeing and they do so many exhausting things. They both collapse into bed. And Uncle John's plan for the next day is going to set his alarm for 4.30 on vibrate. He's going to sneakily get out of bed. So that's what he does. The alarm goes at 4.30, which is the break of day. So the birds are just chirping. He gets out, sneaks out of bed quietly. Doesn't want to wake Logan. He's going out for a walk in the woods on his own for one hour of peace and quiet. Pulls his clothes on. He's just opening the door. The door just creaked a little bit. And Logan's there. He's there. Oh, my gosh, it's half past four. And he's like, oh, Uncle John, what a fantastic idea. Let's go even earlier today on the walk. <sighs> and that, pretty much, was the story as I remember reading it. Now, that's the whole point of the story. The story, that Logan story, doesn't come with a punchline. It doesn't come with a rip-roaring ending or a hilarity or anything. But for me, it was a real kind of moment where... I started to ask myself, when was the last time I woke up like Logan? <laughs> when was the last, or podcast listener, when was the last time you woke up with that childlike curiosity and that, that enthusiasm and that zest and that vigor and that determination to squeeze the life out of her every day? Um, 
when was the last time he sprang out of bed eager to see whatever the day holds is going to make the best of it? Or indeed, have you become Uncle John? <laughs> Just the slightly grumpy, slightly worn out version of yourself. Now, I'm not casting aspersions on that. What I'm suggesting is that I have done positive psychology now for 20 years, right? And I get this. I absolutely get this. And I have made considerable efforts in my life to get out of bed every single day with joy and with excitement and to embrace my inner Logan. And I thought I'd nailed it. And then I met Sanj. <laughs> and you're about to meet Sanj. Sanjeev Sandhu, who is has become a very good friend of mine, right? And I, what I've realized is it, I, I, there's no room for complacency in my life. I love life. Life is fantastic. But then I met Sanj, and Sanj loves life even more. He lives it, he breathes it, and he's rattled my cage a little bit and made me realize there is room for improvement in me. So I would like you, podcast listener, to put your hands together and give a very, very warm welcome to Logan. I mean, Sanj. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how are you, mate? How are you, mate? Yeah, very well, very well. First time I've heard a story like that, so uh, they yeah, love it. Are, love you it. are Logan, man. You are Logan. If we I'm ever go Logan. camping, mate, you're going to be like, <laughs> come on, everybody. Now, the thing about, the thing about um, I've been doing some kind of social media stuff recently i talk about a grinagogue and a grinagogue is somebody who's so happy you want to punch them on the nose and i love that old english word it's from the 17th century that word i love it and you're not quite in that category mate but i guess i guess there is this sort of exuberance this inner childlike um exuberance that i'm i know that the podcast listener will be really interested in um i'm just gonna i know the intro has been incredibly long there but i just want to say because i wasn't sure how to introduce you mate in I think suffice to say that Sanj is, in fact, one of the Otterbeam Brill trainers. Um, I'm going to talk about his backstory in a minute, but he he originally attended uh, our Otterbeam Brilliant course when he was at uni, at Loughborough Uni. And I didn't know him at the time. He was a face in the crowd, with a big smiling face in the crowd. And then Sanj graduated like you do, and he went off, I think he went off to Dubai, I'm sure he's going to tell me, and living the dream and having the graduate life and all that kind of stuff. And then out of the blue, about three or four years later, I got an email and phone call from him saying... Um, He's jacked it in. <laughs> and is there a space at Artobin Brill? Is there a space in the team for him? And we had to move a few things around to create a space because he's been epic. Suffice to say, I'm very, very proud of the entire Artobin Brill team. But Sanji's different. He's got an infectious enthusiasm. And I feel honoured to have him on part of the team. Uh, very proud, actually, as well. So tell me about Loughborough. Maybe start with your first experience of the Artobin Brill and what happened then after uni. Yeah, perfect. So it was um, my 20th birthday. 20th birthday, my flatmate, Ollie Perkinton, bought me the Art of Being Brill book for my 20th birthday. And um, I'm, I've always been into books. I've always loved books. But this book was a bit different. I never read a book about personal development, never read a book about positive psychology, never really read a book that was just about me. Before. I'd always read about other people. I never had the opportunity to introspect about myself while I read before. Or maybe a book never hit me like that before. So I read that book when I was 20. Best book I've ever read. I've, you know, me and my mates then started calling each other 2%ers. We used to wind each other up, say, who's more Andy Cave? Who's more Andy Cave? Who's, who's the 2%er? Oh, of man, the group you, don't have to, you don't have to blow any smoke, Sam. Let's get, get you right. I, I love it. I love the fact that you, you've clearly been into personal development since you were 20. It's fab. So you came on the course, graduated. Let's go back. Then what did you do after graduation, mate? 
graduated summer 2016, had a good time, had six months off, went to watch the Euros in France, supported Wales the semi-finals, which is brilliant, first first major tournament for 50 years, actually tell, loved that. I, I actually, stop there, because obviously the name might give, give a clue. A clue. Um, tell me about the heritage, what's the... Yeah, 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 um, I look brown, I've got a brown brown name, a very Indian name, so my grandparents from the north of India, Punjab, moved to England in the late 50s. And then my grandfather got a job in the steelworks in Port Albert in South Wales. So him and his four children and wife came over, which involved my dad, of course, coming over in the 1970s to Wales, which was a very different place to what it is now. So, so Welsh Indian, mate. You were the only brown face in your school, weren't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I, so cricket should be in the DNA, fella, not football. But you went to the Euros to watch Wales mm. play football. Yep. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. It was class. First time, first time to France as an adult, and uh, had a good time. Then I went to Dubai for a holiday because my brother just moved out there, and I'd always been fascinated by the Middle East. I'd been on a lot of holidays to Dubai. I had a graduate job secured at Accenture in London, which was supposed to start in Jan 2017. So I thought I'd, you know, book myself six months off, go travel a bit, you know, do the classic stuff. I've earned it. I've earned it. So I went to Dubai. Fascinated by life in Dubai, the corporate world of Dubai, eventually networked my way to having a meeting with somebody from Deloitte in Dubai. Um, that meeting then turned into an interview. I, you know, just being the way I am looking back, it's quite funny now because this is just what I do. Um, ended up being an interview, went to India for a few weeks, came back to Dubai, had the next interview, got offered a job, the dream job, you know, at 23, um, asked Accenture to transfer that job to Dubai, they said no. So went for the job in Dubai, went for the job in Dubai, moved there, one-way ticket, had the best 18 months of my life, for sure. Um, so this is, this is you, a what, age 22, living the dream in Dubai, and you've always wanted to live in Dubai, mate. Sunshine, because it's the opposite of Neath, basically, isn't it? Yes, <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Tall, tall shiny buildings, uh, lots of healthy-looking people everywhere. There's no, there's uh, no steelworks in Dubai, is there, mate? No, or, or rain. <laughs> Neither of those. Sheep, <laughs> camels instead of sheep. <laughs> so, so young man living the dream in Dubai. I mean, graduate job, thirty grand, forty grand a year, living the dream. Um, tax free. Tax free. Okay. Tax free as well. So, how the heck do you get to the point of jacking that in? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it's, um, the, the simple version of that is that at 23, I felt like I'd peaked. It was my 24th birthday. You know, I was, I was sitting in the swimming pool by myself, you know, just walk, doing laps, which is what I used to do on Saturday mornings. And and I thought I'd peaked. I thought at 24 now, I'm living the taxi dream and an amazing company. And I'm really living the dream. But I felt like I'd peaked. And when I've read books about successful, successful people, when I've read books about other people in life. When I've spoken with some of the people I really admire in life, they don't peak at 24. <laughs> they don't peak at 24. I was doing either, either I was uh, a massive exception by peaking at 24 or there was something I was clearly missing. And I thought it was the latter. So I decided to introspect for a good six to eight months about what do the successful people do in life? What is it that, you know, I, did, I didn't think, I, I used to think people who enjoyed their job were weird, you know? I never thought people could enjoy work. I always thought it was a saying that, you know, once you enjoy your job, it doesn't feel like work. I was like, eh, whatever. You know, I was like, yeah, sounds nice, but really, is it? Is it? Mm. And then I thought, maybe it does. You know what? Maybe it does. So then I had to find out what that was for me. And then it took me on that journey then of thinking that I don't want to peak at 24. There's more to it. There's got to be more to it. 
Mm. Okay, so, but I mean, quite, a lot of people listening to this, mate, will be very happy to have peaked at 24 in Dubai, doing laps of the pool on a Friday evening. You know what I mean? It's, it's so it's not like you're unhappy. It's, there's this missing thing. Can I just can I just pause there? Just I know it's your podcast and I'm hogging it, but um, you there's a I can't remember her name. It's, she's got a long Polish name, Rosensky or something, Amy. She talks about the difference between a job, a career, and a calling. Mm. And you just nailed it beautifully there. So a job is something that pays the bills. So a lot of people do a job. It's a nine to five. It'll pay your wages. You do it because you've got to. But you come alive on Friday night when you've left your job. A career is something a bit more tasty. So a career is something you probably had at, at um, in Dubai. Is a career is something with progression. It's something that's probably a bit better paid. It's probably got, uh, it's a bit more secure. And you can feel like you're going somewhere. And the likelihood is in your career, your employer will invest a little bit in you because they see you've got potential. But the, the top of all that, the one that we're really talking about here is what we call a calling. And a calling is where, um, I mean, you can't, I can't hardly say it without smiling. A calling is where you, would, you wouldn't tell your boss, but you would do it for free because it's just the thing you would put on this earth to do. And I think that what you have made, my friend, is the transition from career to calling in terms of there was that missing piece, that missing piece, you, you, you want to find it. And whether it ends... When, <laughs> Whether you end up earning lots of money is almost irrelevant because it's what you were born to do, right? And the, certainly, from the from the day you walked into the Arbin Real team, um, it, I'm telling you, you are born to do this job. You are born to to make the world a happier place. So our, our challenge is to give you a creative platform so you can do that to the best of your ability. And you are, it does sound cheesy, but if you can do that, and I've been lucky enough to do that for the last 15 years, is find my calling. But I didn't find mine till I was uh, 40. So you, you, if you can twig yours at 24, then you're way ahead of me. Uh, and I tell you right now, hand on heart, that it, it, that you never have to work a day in your life because it just doesn't feel like work. So, so congratulations on sort of getting to that point. Some people never get to that point, by the way. Some people now are calling. Also, doesn't matter how much you earn. It's not about your salary. And it's not really about your job. So, so a calling. Um, Typically, it will be nursing or teaching will be a calling. So you're not ever going to earn lots and lots of money. But do you know what? It's worthwhile if you do it right. You'll have a spring in your step. But there's a, a bit of a slightly cheesy story about um, NASA back in the day, wasn't there, when President Kennedy was doing a visit to have a look at the space station and there was a guy there sweeping the floor and he said, what, what's your job? And the bloke said to Kennedy, he said, uh, my job is to help put a man on the moon. And that is that guy sweeping the floor with a calling. So powerful stuff, my friend, powerful stuff. Jacked it in. So just tell me a little bit about after then you're going to go and find your calling. So how do you, how do you find that? Ooh, yeah, I, um, I made a list. I, I must have, I, can't, I wish I could remember which book it was in, but I made a list of all the people I admire in my life. And I wrote, what do I admire about each of those people? And I decided to come up with like a common list of what I, what I admired about each of those people and then tried to thought, what are the traits that I want to enhance and develop in myself too? And I did that for a good few months, and I just thought I'm really. Are you, are you, are you asking about my own journey, or are you asking yeah, about? Yeah, I'm asking about yours. Or, I mean, one, I, I'm trying ever so hard not to jump in, mate, because it's so relevant. Uh, I describe, uh, you know, when you do a conference and somebody reads your biography out, it's a biography they write yourself and they read it out. Mm. And I describe myself, and they always say, Andy is a doctor of happiness, and he's an author, and he's a he's a he's a self help junkie. And that's essentially what you have become is if you're going to the trouble of right, kind of invest, investing in yourself and, and 
injecting yourself with this kind of positive stuff is, is absolutely fabulous, mate. So you are this kind of self-help junkie, this learning, on a big learning journey, aren't you? Um, so how did, how did you get round to us? I mean... The, yeah, so read the, read the book, saw, saw you live at Loughborough, um, and that was about it. That was it until then. And then I did a, I did a happiness course in um, May, May 2018, and then I, then I resigned and left Deloitte, and then I came back. And I thought, again, on this successful people list, I was like, who actually does the job I want to do? Who, who does that job I want to do? Was it somebody at Facebook? Was it somebody at an Instagram? Was it somebody at Google? Or would I fall into the same treadmill, you know, going back to those players? Like, who is it? Who is that person? And the only person I could think of was people like Arthur Brill. And I thought, that is what I want to do. I was like, yes, you know, they're all a lot older than me. Yes, <laughs> they yeah. all, you know, they all look a bit different to me. But at the same time, that's what I want to do. And I don't want to wait 20 more years to do it. So I thought, you know, again, you've read all these books. They always say reach out to people you admire and, and say you want to learn from them. And I just thought, you know what, send a tweet. Tweet led to an email. Email led to a phone call. Um, also, I think, you know, on the way out, I learned a little bit about stress. I did a volunteering phase with a stress company. But I realized that, again, at 24 at that point, I didn't want to focus on stress. I'm not a product of stress. You know, I've experienced stress at uni and I've experienced a little bit of stress, but I'm not a product of stress. I'm, I'm a product of the good stress, you know, the eustress, not the distress. Yeah. And I thought this, this fitted in with the positivity. It fitted in with the personal development. So went for it. Luckily, you guys were open-minded to it. You were receptive for it. And then haven't looked back, have I? No, you certainly not look back. No. So, mate, I, I, the other the other little piece before I want to do something about what you're about to launch on the on the Otterbeam Brill with us, which has been the missing piece in our jigsaw for about 15 years since we've been around. Um, we're always very very careful at Otterbeam Brill. We're like the opposite of all the other companies. So all the other training companies will tell you about how to spot stress and how to manage stress and all that. And well, well, we can do that if you want, but I'm much more interested in positive psychology, which is learning from people who are already feeling amazing. All right. So therefore, what we want to do is do things differently, um, and and that includes our whole sales pattern, our whole sales pitch. We are we do not bombard organisations with. You know, you come on our course, we're not going to send you 55 emails saying, you know, buy this product, do that. So we've always avoided doing that. Um, and I feel really awkward, therefore, about introducing this next five minutes or so, which is essentially a bit of a sales pitch, I think. Uh, me stumbling awkwardly across something that I really, truly believe in, but I struggle to articulate. So I might be just better off getting you to say it. Um, before you introduce what you're about to do for us, Sanj, or about to lead on it, um... All I will say is that I'm absolutely 100% behind what you're about to say, and I'm 100% about doing it, um, and I cannot believe we've not done it before. So for the listener, this isn't really a sales pitch. It's just a kind of thing that we're doing that I think it's a hashtag no-brainer. Mate, what, what, what are we doing? Yeah, we're, we're launching the Art of Brill's first ever well-being workout. <laughs> the first ever Art of Brill 10-week well-being workout. And what that contains is 10 weeks. So we've got 10 happy hour happiness webinars. So every week there's going to be a webinar about some form of happiness. And we're going to be, you know, exploring that together live. I should say live. You know, that's the key thing here is live. We've got 10 activities for our participants to do, to reflect and get feedback on. We're going to have five community calls where we're going to have delegates from across the world all engaging, all focusing on personal development. It's certified. It's certified on well-being. You know, we've got goodies. Include, so, so you know, what, if I sign up, I'm going to get a certificate of a little certificate at the end. 
Absolutely. We're going to get a certificate. And before we get even get to the end, you're going to get a certificate. We're going to do a graduation ceremony. We're going to get T-shirts. We're going to get prizes. You know, for us, it's like a, it is a no-brainer because it's 10 weeks of positivity and happiness based on the science of human flourishing in an international environment. I, and I don't think there's anywhere else on the planet that does anything like that live. I, I, I certainly don't think there's anything that's going to do it quite as well as we're about to do it, mate. And, and I have taken some convincing. So, dear podcast listener, I have had my arm twisted at this point because I am so anti-sales, it's unbelievable. We're very lucky at Artobin Brill that we've grown as an organisation through word of mouth. We are not in your face with anything. This is the first time I've kind of ever... Can I tell you, Sandy, you probably don't know this, mate. I've been asked to do, um, to be a speaker on a, on a well-being online event. And I looked at the ticket, ticket prices, mate. Ticket prices start at £300. This is for nine sessions. I'm sure it's a great session, by the way. I'm sure it's a brilliant thing. Uh, individuals can buy tickets for 300 quid, right, for your nine sessions. Or corporates can buy tickets for <coughs> £10,000, all right? Ten thousand pounds. How much is hours? Ten weeks. Some, someone's someone's just had an allergic reaction listening to that. But um, <laughs> how much is hours, mate? Is it three hundred pounds? Is it ten grand? Forty-eight. Forty-eight thousand pounds. No, forty-eight pounds only. Forty-eight pounds. Sanj, this is commercial suicide. How? What? what why are we doing it for? <laughs> oh. Why the hell are we doing it for forty-eight pounds? Yeah. Good question. I, I think it's ultimately it's the, it's the it's the need of the time. We're we're providing what we do to to the layperson in the public. We're not over outpricing anybody, and we just we just want to we just want to give it a go. It's the inaugural one we're doing it. We think it's fantastic, and we're we're lovely people at the end of the day. Oh bless you. So we're pretty much giving it away. I mean, for forty eight quid, you're going to get ten weeks of of Monday night webinars, um, Happy Mondays, we might want to call it. And we're going to get um, lots and lots of good stuff. And you might even get a T-shirt as well. It's incredible. And the reason, I, the reason that I've been won over is that partly because it's you who's leading it. So I'm going to be doing some of the sessions, right? But it's the whole team are going to get involved. But I also like the idea of it being a 10-week journey because everybody talks about, you know, you can go to the gym and get a six-pack and do your, your physical fitness. But the kind of it, at the moment, we're currently recording this in lockdown, aren't we, mate? And it's people's mental frailty that's struggling. Uh, I think even the really positive people, it, even the really resilient people are beginning to struggle now. It's getting silly, isn't it, in third, th th three or four months in. So the well-being workout gives you a sort of the mental strategies and the fortitude and some some easy stuff that's quite doable, taken from positive psychology. The thing about having a PhD in positive psychology fella, 12 years at Loughborough, I don't think I actually learned anything. So what positive psychology doesn't really do is is teach you anything that you don't already know it gets you back to being logan <laughs> doesn't it it gets you back to that sort of that version of you that you we all started out as logan on the start of the you know we all started out as that half past five in the morning oh my gosh what what we're we doing today and then over the years we forget that so our 10 week what did you call it a well-being workout well-being workout 10 week well-being workout starts on july the 20th monday the 20th of july is our e-launch party we're having a, part, a launch party and a graduation. Good Lord. So e-launch party. Right, mate. Um, I think we, we back in the day when we started this from day one at Art Brill, we always had a thing that said if we can't do it well, we're not going to do it at all. If we can't do it brilliantly, we're not going to bother. And therefore, over the years, we've turned down a lot of training and a lot of companies because it wasn't really, we didn't think we could do it justice. And therefore, for a lot of years, I've avoided doing this kind of thing because we didn't have Sanch board. With you on board, mate, as the project manager and the wingman and the contributor and the one who's making it all happen, 
all I've got to do is do a few webinars. That's not too bad, is it? All I've got to do is share my PhD online without the big words. So I'm, I'm absolutely up for it, mate. So 48 quid. Um, how do they find out more information? If anybody wants to sign up, what are we going to do? Yeah, so we're going to, by the time you're going to be listening to this, there's going to be a page on our website, so the Artibrill website. You can message myself or Andy directly for further information and that's it. Reach out if you have any questions. It should be pretty self-explanatory. But if you have any questions, please feel welcome to reach out to either one of us at any time. Okay, fantastic. So this is proof of concept, isn't it? It's 48 quid because we are, uh, well, once again, in the interest of being totally honest with the listeners, we are making it up as we go along. We've never delivered this before. Um, so we think it's worth an awful lot of money, but we're going to just put 48 quid because we want to put a value on it, but we want to make it available for everybody. Who's it for, Sanj? Just very finally, who do you think should be logging onto this and enrolling? Yeah, the ideal person is somebody who's sitting at home right now, listening to this and wondering what more they want from life. You know, it's very easy to look at everybody else doing the great stuff, to, you know, the, the shiny pictures, the, everyone's doing something on Instagram or social media, everyone's posting about that. But it's for the person who actually wants more, to the person who's listening to this right now and really just wants to practically improve their happiness right now. Okay, this is not any random content. This is practical stuff that works that works if you want to make a genuine change you're in safe hands to do that <laughs> the safest hands to do that honestly mate oh, well I'm signing up myself right brilliant thanks Sanj Sanj you've been an absolute pleasure and um, everybody be more Sanj and that dear listener is that I hope you found it as interesting and as useful and as stimulating as I did congratulations by the way on making such a great choice of listening material please subscribe so you don't miss the next episode thank you for listening until next time i wish you well you've been listening to the art of brilliance podcast listen to and subscribe to all our podcasts at www.artofbrilliance.co.uk slash podcast